I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined as ever by Bradley Top. Brad, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are we? Good. Yeah, all the better for uh, Theobion Olsen getting over the line yesterday. Um, felt pretty confident about it going into the final round. He obviously had a two-shot lead going into Sunday. And yeah. uh, like the betting markets were kind of like, can he win by three shots and things like that. So um, good to feel confident about him. Uh, we sort of flagged him as an 18-to-1 shot to make the Ryder Cup team last week and He's now four to one, but that market actually disappeared, Brad. We were going to kind of check on it uh, Sunday night to see kind of what he was priced yeah, at. I wanted a piece of that. Yeah, and, uh, I couldn't find it. it. It's interesting because I still think four to one's quite big. I do. Yeah, like, the way he's playing. You've got, I mean, Peters and Casey are basically non-entities, but they're four to seven and four to six respectively. And he's played Ryder Cup before. Yeah, you know, that's 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 and, massive. And well. Like he was on that. He yeah, was on he that, was. Didn't yeah, he, he did play really didn't well. Didn't he spash Spieth in the singles? Yeah, I think he did. So I know yeah. Spieth's not the best in singles, but it's still one of the best players in the world. So um, yeah, I, I think it's a decent price for four to one. I mean, we're not going to be flooded with options. Um, to kind of put it into perspective, same price as Jordan Smith, Antoine Rosner, Dietrich Shorter, Moronk's half the price. So yeah, I think it's a decent price really. I do, yeah. But yeah, so anyway, he got the job done there. And then it was, I wouldn't say it was uneventful, was it? Like he, he kind of had that couple of chances. I, I kind of panically text both of you saying that he's going to blow it because he missed those two birdie chances. <laughs> I tried something. to reassure you. You I did. Know, You're like, it's, it's absolutely fine. And like, it's because he'd like just pummeled he... it over the green, didn't he, on that par five? Yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't make the most of it. He didn't, uh, and then like he did clutch up with that birdie. He got momentum back going, and uh, he was just went on from there. Uh, yeah, he showed his class. But I think that's the kind of thing that I've kind of admired about him all season, really. Like obviously he had his, his issues, and that's why he went away for a while. But ever since he's been back and playing regularly, he's kind of been the same player he was before. And mm. what's he now? Seven-time yeah. winner. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really see... like He goes immediately back into the top of my thoughts as someone that's one of the better DP World Tour players and rightly a 10-1 mm-hmm. favourite this week. Yeah, I agree. Uh, on the PJ Tour, shootout between John Rahm and Max Homer, I unfortunately didn't see any of it. Oh, I did not see any of the Genesis Open, but all I was reading was that Max Homer was giving him everything he got and you know, Rahm was just yeah. kind of... I think he had a couple of par threes where he put it within inches, didn't he? And, and he that did. was it, really. I mean, everyone's saying Rahm had luck, and he did. Yeah, throughout throughout the course of the event, he certainly did. But he also just took control down the back nine and was the better player, as he does when he wants to win an event, you know. And so I do think uh, Homer was, was brilliant, and he gave it everything he got. But um, but at the end of the day, I think Rahm did just edge it. I think... I think when people speak to one hole, and I'll do it, I'm guilty of it as well. Like, oh, you know, he, he left one one inch short. At the end of the day, like, over four rounds, you make your own luck, don't you? So if he was playing that well luck. for that, yeah, that that's, that's what I think as well. And what's it? He's had 10 top 10s in 10 starts now. So, you know, he's yeah. he's ridiculous. Back to number one. Uh, Tiger was great for the most part, um, apart from mm-hmm, his, yeah. obviously, his, his 
a joke that didn't go down so well. But um, you know, you know, on course wise, it was it was impressive really to see what he did. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Cantlay did what we said we could potentially do. You know, obviously you were on him last week, and yeah. I sort of said that he would come back at some point. I just didn't know when, um, and it was last week. It was, and um, I thought we had half a chance of him at one point. Like he got within like one shot. Um, and then his, his chipping was excellent around the green all day. He wasn't finding enough greens and giving himself enough early opportunities. And he weren't getting, he weren't saving par enough down the back nine, really. It, it, look, at the end of the day, he, he did well. He played well. And um, he is back of some sort. But it was going to come on Riviera. He's one of his favourite tracks. So it was probably a good time to sort of chance him. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad Morikawa didn't win because it felt like he was going to after I deserted him a week to a. Uh... Mm-hmm. Week early, but uh, Jason Day as well again, top 10 there doesn't play well. Riviera at all, no consistent, yeah, so he, he's so definitely well. backed to his best or near nearly that, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, very, very good. I think that's probably a decent summary of the week. Quick little intro there, Thanks, yeah. Let's go to the Hero India Open, um, tough, tough field, which is why Theodore Anderson is 11 to 1 best price. Nikolai Hoygaard's 12 to 1. Robert McIntyre's 14s. Yannick Paul, 20. Oliver Becker, 22. Uh, and then it's sort of 25 and bigger the rest. Mm-hmm. Jason's gone with Theodore Anderson, win only. Um, he, he obviously believes that he can go back to back. I don't see any reason why he can't. I can't see why not either. Um, um, it, the price is just, just the only thing for me, it's not Olderson, it's the golf course. So, it, it is. Yeah, it's such a tough golf course. Yeah. You know, anything could happen. Um, but you, it, you've got a safe pair of hands of Olison. Yeah, it's going to go do. one of two ways, isn't it? You're either going to get the, the best player in form on the toughest golf course, kind of stand out, or it's just going to be so tough the golf course that anything can happen. And yeah. I think I think that's the kind of two ways it can go. And I've sort of lent to the latter. Which when Easily. you when you look at the results at this event, though, I would say that you know it's gone to Matt Wallace and and you know Beef was there and runner up and Charaja was been at home and things like that. So maybe it isn't as volatile as, as you kind of think it is. But I just I can just see a triple bogey derailing anyone, and all of a sudden you're you're on at the short prices. It's going to be incredibly frustrating. Definitely, and I think you've got to have like sort of the mental capacity and experience, you know, to play around here. You know, you're gonna get a bad hole, and you got, as you said, and I feel like you've got to have a good head on your shoulders to not let that sort of dishearten you, and just sort of throw the whole tournament away, you know. Um, so yeah, I think having experience around this track, not just on the course, but just playing in tough conditions, is is huge this week. Yeah, and I think that's why you've got the players that you've got at the top of the market. I mean, Eduardo Molinari and Jos Lauten both make perfect sense. I was yeah, gonna go with Lauten. Uh, shortened up to kind of eighteen to one in most places, twenty to one still a bit. But when I looked at it, I couldn't justify Pablo Larafabal being ten to thirteen points bigger. Because okay. when you look at it, like Larafabal, seven-time winner, twice a winner last year, been playing in decent fields, not not playing his best golf, and obviously Loudon showed well last week. But for me, again, just going back to that kind of point of it is a bit of a volatile golf course, I probably want Larafabal, who's, who's sort of seen that. He's he's had the fourth-place finish here. He's had a, yeah. a good start here as well. He was third after round one the year later. I think it's only Thomas Bjorn, unless I'm miscounting, he's obviously tied with Olison. 
as a person that's got more wins in this field than Rafa Bell. Um, and obviously, I mean, no one's like Bjorn hasn't really got a chance, I wouldn't say. So, of the people that have actually got a chance to win, Rafa Bell is kind of the, the winningest person. So, um, yeah. I thought him at 35 to 1 was great. I've gone with Jung Hoon Wang as well at 25 to 1, third and eighth in his past two starts. And I just, to me, I was really impressed with his interview. I don't know if you saw it last week, but they basically said to him at the end of the round, like, you had 18 months of not touching a golf club of military service. Mm-hmm. How are you so good at golf? Like, like, what are you doing to be so good at golf? And he literally just said, uh, I swing it and hit it and it's going well. And I couldn't work out if it was one of those, like, his English isn't very good, so he doesn't want to... Say too much. Yeah, elaborate too much and say the wrong thing or just isn't very confident talking, whatever. Or whether he's just that free in his mind that, like, look, I've come back from 18 months of military service. I've had basically the best possible start I could ask for. Like, he was in contention, I think, his first start back in the International Series. Yeah. And, like, he's had a couple of good starts now, back to back third and eighth. Um, so just that. And then you look he's at... sort of the... relaxed and enjoying himself. Yeah. Sort of thing, yeah. He's finished second in India before, he, in this event, uh, at the other golf club in Delhi. Uh, when he was 40th here on this golf course and debut was ninth at the halfway stage. When he was 58th a year later, he was 19th at the halfway stage. So he's been in and around the lead here a couple of times now. So I don't really see why Jong Hun Wayne couldn't carry it on. And I, I think he's going to. So at 25 mm-hmm. to 1, uh, I stuck with him. I just I can't see it um, as to why yeah. to avoid it really. He's been in sort of contention the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? Just yeah. Got, he sort of like he just keeps going with that. He can be a bit exhausting at times, but I don't know. I think he's a, another cracking option this week up the top. There's so many up there that I liked, to I be honest. I mean, I was tempted to go Kazuki Higa. Yeah. Again, because he'd come close to placing for me last week. He just fell away down the back nine. Right at the end as well, wasn't it? Like all week. He was, he was right, right at there. the end. Yeah, he just got sloppy. Um, Samuja, I was tempted to take him last week at about 60, 70 to 1, same sort of price as Higa, um, but I didn't. Uh, but yeah, he's he consistently sort of, he's getting a bit better, playing a bit playing a bit better. And he, I quite like him around this course as well, yeah. sort of a grinder. Um, but passed on him, thought he's a little bit short. Um, but the one I really like is um, Corhonen. Yeah. Uh, the best price at the moment is 33 to 1 with Labrooks. Um, and he, he hasn't got going at all this year. He's missed four consecutive cuts. Um, but he has been unlucky to miss his last two. He missed the cut on the number in both Singapore and Thailand. Um, last week he shot second round of 68. I, I always like to see that could be a sign that his game's trending in the right direction. Um, looking back at his form, he's, the, he's sort of the type of player you don't mind taking off the back of a few missed cuts. Yeah. Um, he has certain courses which suit his game, sort of where accuracy is rewarded, and this does look like one of them. Um, he's experienced. I think experience, as I said earlier, is key here. It's going to play seriously tough. Um, got to be mentally strong. I think he is that type of player. Um, he's shown up in difficult scoring conditions in the past. Had a third at Valderrama, which is a course I looked at for this week. Uh, third at Celtic Manor. Sort of. There's quite a lot of crossover form at Celtic Manor. Um, you have obviously Gallagher and Johnston um, playing, showing up at both in the past. Um, and he's also played here um, before uh, and finished 10th on his own yeah. start here. And he was sixth going into the final round, but shot a final round of 74 to fall away 
So yeah, I just think he ticks um, enough boxes for me. I did actually think, because I wrote him down quite early, I thought he was going to be a, a little bit bigger. Um, he opened at 40s. I did think he was going to be around um, 45, 50, just because he's coming off four missed cuts. I thought there'd be better value. Yeah. Well, but I'm still happy to take 30 to one or better. I just thought maybe he might be able to get a better price than that. Yeah, they've kept they've kept everyone on the side of it this week, I think. Like, some more mm. as you've already mentioned, was I thought relatively short. They've made... Lawson is short to the point where I just can't take him, Dave. Yeah. Um, you know, Marcel seems 35 to 1. I get it. Like, all these players, right? So I basically categorized Seam, uh, Lawton, Cajonan, Eduardo Molinari, all of those in the kind of same bracket. They're, they're, they fit that mold of mature, like, head on shoulders, won't just mm-hmm. get wound up at the at the golf course, etc. We'll just, you know, just play it as it is. And By the way, yeah. I do like that. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had no negatives about it. Uh, we'll say Jason's also on Pablo de Rafael. Forgot to mention uh, with that. So yeah, that that kind of area I think for us is, I think it is a week where you can take a couple of chances, but I think it's mm-hmm. important to kind of make the right picks up here as well. So hopefully Definitely. that has been the case. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this person's surname, <laughs> so I'm just going to say it how I heard it in commentary and then I'm going to butcher it afterwards but they said Alexander Knapper on that on commentary yeah. and I don't know if it yeah. is one of those or whether it is just Napper um, but Napper just sounds like Napa. he's going on holiday isn't it so yeah. um, but Alexander Napper Alexander Knapper whichever way you want to look at it um, I'm sure when you read his name you'll know who I'm talking about um, <laughs> I should have put him up last week I don't know why I didn't I was looking at the ball striking numbers because Mm-hmm. I've changed away the last couple of weeks of how I'm looking at things, basically on tour tips because the the, the kind of strokes strokes gain numbers aren't reliable in this kind of stretch of events. I've gone mm. with like the in play uh, ball striking statistics and just sort of seen where they are in that respect. And it's it's just a typical driving distance, driving accuracy, greens and regulations. Yeah. Um, and I was really impressed by seeing him. He was like sixth the week before. He was. Uh, and I and I looked at it and I just went with David Rovetto and that was it. Um, this week he's third in ball striking last week, uh, third in driving distance, eleventh in driving accuracy, and forty fifth in GIR. Uh, sorry, that was the week before. Third in driving distance, eleventh in driving accuracy, forty mm. fifth in GIR in Singapore when he was sixth. And then this past weekend he was tenth in driving distance, so he's a little bit of a dip in driving distance. Twelfth in accuracy, basically the same, but a huge improvement in GIR. He was eighteenth. Um, mm. He now comes back to a golf course where he was 17th on his one and only start. That was recovering from starting in 73rd place after round one. Everything points to Alexander Napper or Knapper or whatever you want to call him having a great week. When I look at his form, it's actually longer term than I thought it was. Uh, you know, challenged to a final, he played well, started the season well in South Africa and Mauritius, and he seems to have sort of carried it on other than the kind of least events where you would forgive him for, for struggling, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. So he was another one for me. Uh, Shabanka Sharma was in this kind of price range, and he's now cut to 33-1, to 1, but that's Jason's other pick. So he's to recap his Olison, Pablo Rafael, Shabanka Sharma. Um, I've gone with Wangler, Rafael, and Napa so far, and you've gone with Mikko Kohanen uh, yeah. so far. So that's where we are at this point, just in case anyone's lost track, because I've been all over the place a little bit. But that is the kind of summary for that region. 
then it starts to get a bit rogue i feel um, you've, got, you've got to get a bit rogue in this event, I feel. It is it is a little bit rogue. So Jason's gone with John Wong Co here at sixty six to one, uh, which I'm absolutely fine with. He's, he's a decent player off the Challenge Tour, playing some yep. good stuff. Uh, he's I also gone it. with Jeff Windsor, whose price I can't see at the moment without looking, but he's gone with Jeff Windsor. So uh, he's, 50, he's fifty to one. one. Yeah. So he's they've all shortened up. Maybe they've seen his betting card uh, before we have. Um, but yeah, so yeah, they they're all the kind of picks around that range. I've then gone with Thomas Aiken. Now I messaged you earlier, Brad, and I mm. said I'm betting Thomas Aiken in 2023 at 100 to one, and no, there's not a zero missing, and that is kind of how I felt. But by the same token, coming by the ball striking. He warrants it, yeah. Yeah, first in greens regulations last week, fourth in driving accuracy. He was 22nd in the ball striking statistics distance obviously let him down a little bit um one and only starting injury won the event for the masters he had a he had a really terrible time off course in 2019 i think his wife had trouble in childbirth uh, then mm. covid hit so i think there's just been a couple of really disruptive seasons and when you see someone putting an effort like this and the reason i grouped those players particularly together earlier like i said I think he fits in that mould with Lawson and all those kind of players. He's won yeah. three or four times on the DP World Tour, eight times total, I think, Sunshine Tour. Uh, is fairly limited in the sense that he plays better in South Africa and these smaller events, but that's fine. It is one of those smaller events. He's finished sixth yeah. in an Open Championship. He's been 25th of the US Open a um, long time ago, obviously, both of those. But to me, 100 to 1 about Aiken, as much as it doesn't look great on paper, he's 125 to 1 he can get now. Um, six places you can get. Yeah. yeah, 125 to one. I think that's actually right. I think so. Yeah, I like it as well. It's it's concerning, but that's where we are at this point uh, in <laughs> the, the event. in the schedule, isn't it? Yeah. Talk to me about your final two picks. Yeah, so I've gone uh, long shot city with these last two. Um, so I've gone David Horsey, who is back from a wrist injury. Uh, so we haven't seen him for a little while since Raz. Um, going off. Uh, his social media, he's back healthy and raring to go. He's been out in D- Dubai recovering. And uh, yeah, this is the type of test I like to take Horsey. Um, doesn't hit it far, but he's accurate. We know it's going to play tough, uh, be a bit of a grind, which plays into his hands. Um, he struggled a lot last year, had to go through Q school to keep his card. He did show some signs of revival at the Australian Open before the new year. Um, ranked sixth off the tee, first on approach and fourth tee to green on his way to a 24th place finish. He also ranked first in driving accuracy that week. Um, he's got some comp form as well, which I'm looking at, like sixth at Celtic Manor. Uh, Manor made his last five cuts at Valderrama. Uh, tenth, he finished tenth, at, I think it was his best finish at Valderrama. Um, he also has a first and a second in tough scoring conditions in Morocco at the Trophy Hassan. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some competitive rust, which is obviously the worry. Um, but I'm going to take a chance that he sort of comes out like guns blazing because it must be frustrating having this break in his season for this injury, especially after that performance in Australia. Um, and he's played this course twice before. Uh, he finished eighth on his debut which included a, a round of 66 in his first round. Um, and, yeah, I think he finished, like, 50th in, his, in the other event, so that's not so great. 
Uh, but again, he's, he's experienced, which is sort of the the trend of what I'm going for for here. Like yeah. he's, he's got, it should be crucial to be like have that experience behind you, a good head on your shoulders. Um, it's a long shot, but yeah, I, as I said, I, I don't think there's any harm in a few of those this week. Again, just fits that kind of group that I mentioned, doesn't it? Louton, yeah. Molinari, you know, those types of people. Like we were, talk, we were just talking about Eduardo Molinari on uh, with Sky, and we're sort of saying that. You know, we, we kind of view him as this like perennial winner back in the day, but he wasn't. He won three times. So he won he won twice going into the the Ryder Cup year, and then he won like seven years later. Horsey's won four times. Um, Loughton's won six times. Larafa Bell's seven. Olsen's seven. Um, you know, you can debate the level of events, I guess, and, and what they've won. But mm-hmm. I would say that winning the trophy is sand. Winning. You know, made in Denmark has its challenges. Russia, I think, was pretty difficult back in the day. Yeah. Um, I think all of those kind of things point to you know grinding it out, and we know that's his game, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, I like I like David Horsey. I think that it is only injury that's kind of keeping him away at this level, and yeah, mm-hmm. no reason to to not like it. And then you've gone with one home favourite. I have gone for a home favourite. Yeah, Buller. Um, so yeah, as. As you got, as you know, it's co-sanctioned with the PGTI, so it's a really great opportunity for the, the Indian players to sort of make an impression and possibly get their card if they were to pull off something miraculous. Um, and there were a couple that caught my eye. Um, I think Gandis, another one, that's going to be popular this week. He's been playing the last the, the couple of events before this. Um, and, but I've gone for Buller. Uh, he's, he's one of the more recognisable names. Um, he spent a lot of time. Uh, playing on the DP World Tour over the years. Uh, he picked up some decent results as well. He won the Fiji International, which was another co-sanctioned event um, back in 2018. Uh, more recently, he finished runner-up at the Qatar Masters in 2021. We know that can be a tough event, a bit of a grind, uh, wind affected. And what led me towards Buddha was his stats from last week on the Asian Tour, which was in Qatar. Uh, he ranked first in driving accuracy and second in greens and regulation on his way to a 22nd finish. Um, he hasn't got the best of records at this course. He's made the cut three times in four appearances, with his best finish uh, being 24th, which was at his most recent visit. Uh, that doesn't really put me off, though, because uh, if you look at his record in Asia and India, it's, it's pretty, pretty darn special. He's, he's racked up 13 wins. And he's got a reputation of winning in tough conditions. I, I do think he'll relish this opportunity of testing himself um, against the DP World Tour players again this week. So I've gone for him. I think he's 150 to 1 with Labrooks at the minute, best price. Yeah, so for me, with, with Buller, it was more just like you said there, and you've already pointed to it. It was a bit of a lack of course one, really. Like I think of when you take a, an Indian player in the Indian Open, I think our. Oh, it's going to be based on his course form. You're actually going more in his current form and and kind yeah. of his pedigree in total as opposed to what he's done at this track. Mm. I agree. Uh, it did it did nearly put me off. It it did, but I just feel that it was mainly what I saw in Qatar from the from the stats last week that I thought hey he could be back to you know playing at his best. And I, I do feel like in this field he's probably the the one uh, other than Sharma that you look at. Well, no, that's the, the thing, field. isn't it? He's definitely the most recognisable outside of Chowrazia and, and Sharma. Uh, Chowrazia's mm. past his best, I think it's fair to say. Shiv Kapoor, I don't remember seeing him for a long time uh, in terms of form. 
So yeah, yeah I mean, and then you have Gandas, Gandas who's the upcoming. He's um, the one, isn't he? Star. He's the one he's that the people one, are yeah. confident. And, and then there's Kotcher as well, who's very highly regarded um, in India, and he's achieved a lot over there, but he's yet to do it outside. So, but I'm giving him a miss. But yeah, I do like Bula and um, Gandas. Yeah. A couple of players before we move on to the PJ event. I thought Fitzpatrick was a bit short. I thought the, the 50 to 1 was generally what was out when I was looking. He's now, there is an 80 to 1. That, that's fine, I guess. But he hasn't played for so long. There's no real reason to think he's going to be great in India. I wanted to bet him just because I've been wanting to bet him for a while. Uh, I really liked how he finished last season. But there's got to be some competitive rust for someone that wasn't making a lot of starts before anyway. Mm-hmm. hasn't for a while. It's because he's he is hyped, isn't he? Yeah, of course. Like, he is. I mean, and, yeah. and that's and that's that's reflecting the in the better markets. Um, I think if he wasn't Fitzpatrick's brother, if his name was probably... like Alex David, he'd be seven hundred one. No, exactly. <laughs> he wouldn't. He wouldn't because his form was actually his form was pretty good. But like it. it oh, yeah. he did. No, I'm not taking anything away from him. He did like um, contend. Well, I don't think he contended, but he was up there. He played really well and um, competed and had some good finishes uh, but yeah it doesn't warrant that price whatsoever especially in India no that was that was my main concern is where it is yeah. if, this, if this was a typical European tour event I would probably give him a bit more of a squeak but Although it might be so random that he just shows up and wins yeah it could be I mean look like talent can definitely win out in these sort of events as well and if he is yeah. what he's expected to be then that could be the case and then the other one that I kind of looked at but I couldn't pick him out out of a lineup of one was Daniel Gale the Australian yeah. So he's yeah. been playing some good stuff, and I just wondered whether you knew anything about him, um, because I don't. Yeah. No, I, I looked at him as well. He has been playing some really good golf in Australia, as you said. Um, hasn't really tested himself outside of Australia too many times. No. That would be my my biggest concern. I do think there's um, also better Australian golfers to come over and um, sort of test themselves. Uh, so I did find that a little bit. Random, nothing. Not not to say that uh, Daniel Gale isn't a great player, but um, yeah, I, I, I found it, uh, that inclusion a bit bit random this week. Yeah, I mean that's what I just don't know who he is. Like, and then I just saw that he'd been like second for whatever, like in recent weeks. And obviously Dave Michaluzzi's winning all those events at the moment, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But like fourteenth, thirty fourth, eighth, and second the last four weeks, I just thought that was really solid form. Um, but it is Australian form, and it is from a player that we've never seen really play at this level and when he has he's, right. he's not succeeded so um, one to mention but not one that I would be particularly confident in any way shape or form mm-hmm. shall we move on then to the Honda Classic let's move on so this is a tough event if you think about where the Hero Indian Open is on the DP World Tour schedule and its quality and the lack of people appearing you get the kind of same thing on the exactly budget, same, don't you? Yeah. You, you've got the instead of um hoy garden Ollison, you've got sung jim and, and shane lowry and then it just becomes a bit of a shootout um sung yeah. jim is nine to one best price shane lowry 14s and then you've just got denny mccarthy aaron wise mimu lee alex noran chris kirk matt kuchar ish 25 to one so I actually didn't think Shane Lowry was a terrible price. I don't, I don't necessarily like betting on Shane Lowry, um, and certainly not really. Encouraging performance last week, wasn't it? Yeah, that that would be my thing. Considered because he has been in some terrible form. He bounced back from shit form. 
He's coming back to a course that he does like. Yeah. So I didn't think the 14 to 1, it was 16 to 1 when I was kind of thinking about it, was that bad. Um, I just couldn't get there. But Jason yeah. has gone with him at 14 to 1, uh, Shane Larin. I do I do completely understand it. It's a perfect golf course for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you do get the international guys win here. Uh, yeah, link specialists, link specialists show up here, don't they? Uh, you've seen it in the past, and even though it's not obviously not a Lynx course, but it seems to you get the, the Europeans, as you said, show up. You do, you've as, had... 10 overseas winners in 16 starts at this course which is mm. which is a really big clip um and six of those have been major champions as well so yeah. you, you know you can see why he would be fancied um four players have won this and the sony open as well 11 of the 12 winners have won the, so- the honda classic after making the cut at least once in the event previously so it's not the best event for rookies although I'm going to sort of mm-hmm. go against that later on. But it's, yeah, I think it's one of those events that you do kind of want to know the golf course. It is I think so, yeah. Test. Um, so Actually, two great courses this week. It's it is. About the fields. It is. Like the, the Indian Open, I think, can get a bit unfair. I think the, the Gary mm-hmm. Player design can be just a bit tricked up. But I yeah. do like that it kind of brings out a strong effort from someone. And mm-hmm. I don't, you know, you know, people say that the, it's so hard but I think the winning scores are fair so I like that uh, the Honda Classic certainly I, I really like the Honda Classics it's such I a like shame it well. where it is in the schedule it has to be there because of the weather and things like that and the build up for the players and things but um, if this was anywhere else in the schedule I think we'd see a better field because the course is good and it would reward the better players um, tell us why you think Matt Kuchar is one of those better players this week okay I will um, I've backed him <laughs> recently and he didn't uh didn't really perform. It was a bit disappointing. Uh, but he obviously played very well last week at Riviera. Uh, closer around the 67, finished eighth, hit the ball extremely well, tee to green, ranked seventh off the tee, seventh on approach, seventh um, around the greens, um, second tee to green overall. Um, and that was in a much better field as well than what we're going to see this week. Uh, just let down by his putter. Obviously, I'm hoping a return to his preferred Bermuda grass will um, do the trick. And we'll see some improvement in that department. Um, he hasn't played at PJ National since 2011, uh, where he finished tied 17th. Um, that was actually his best finish. He's competed there four times before, made the cut each time. He's won this event before, like the Honda Classic back in 2002, but it was played at TPC Heron Bay. Yeah. Um, a bit of history there. Um, interestingly, he's currently ranked 65th um, in the world rankings, uh, so he's not qualifying for a spot. Um, in the Masters, so that, that could be you know a little bit of extra motivation for him to, um, to win this week. Obviously, he's a nine-time winner on the PJ Tour, uh, and, and I feel like he's back playing playing well. And he's got to be a serious danger in a field like this. So yeah, that's why I like Kucha. I assume he's playing just to get into the Masters. So you talk about the fact he hasn't played here since 2011. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you think so? He must be. I was surprised that Ricky Fowler is. You look at the ball striking numbers last week. So Matt Kucha was 45th in distance but second in driving accuracy and fifth in greens and regulation. And Ricky mm. Fowler was just there behind him in seventh. So um, they're both doing up for sure. Yeah, I, I guess. Fowler's I, just been awesome recently. Oh, I wonder with Fowler, I don't know, sometimes you get penalised. Like if you play and play poorly, you're actually better off just not playing and you move up. If someone, you know, there's the maths behind it. He might have been advised not to play. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's the only reason I can think of not to play because otherwise he should really be taking advantage of his form and, 
you know, he, he's won here and I think been involved maybe in a playoff as well. Uh, Fowler mm-hmm. certainly, certainly, definitely won here once, but I'm sure he. he, he yeah, I think he has. He maybe it wasn't the playoff because I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking. I looked. The, at, I was looking at past results earlier. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, I think uh, it's the Russell Henley. No, he did. He lost by one stroke to Keith Mitchell. That's what it is. So he's won it once, and he's lost to Keith Mitchell two years later by one stroke. He would have been short this week, though. He would have done, would. but like it, it would have felt like the Jason Day at the start of the year where we were backing him at twenty-two to one, mm. um, and probably deserved. And it's probably yeah. like he would have started right in his price range and and been pretty good, I think. So, yeah, yeah. Um, probably glad he's not here because then I don't have to lose any money on him. But one of those ones I was tempted to lose money on around this area was Denny McCarthy. He's twenty-five to one. Just mm-hmm. playing some really good golf. Uh, he's got a third and a thirtieth here the last two years. Surprising that he wasn't actually good here before that, but just the fourth and the fourteenth in two of his last three starts. A few made cuts in a row before that. Um, just don't think I can I can trust him in that price range. No, I just I just it's always with him. I don't. There's some players I think when you drop down in quality is when you're going to break through, and there's some that I just think are going to win at some point because it's their week and. That's yeah. just how I feel about him. I don't think it's really going to matter who the opponents Definitely. are. Um, Jason's gone with Alex Norrin in here at 25 to 1. He's also gone with Adam Svensson, where he said no shorter than 30 to 1. Obviously, anticipating him shorting up. He's the popular pick this week, Adam Svensson, isn't he? On, on Adam Svensson, I was on him last last year at the Honda. And, yeah, uh, that was brutal. He got off, yeah, it was brutal. He got off to a fantastic start, and then obviously the bear trap got the better of him. Um, it was sick. And I think he even fell out the places. I, I, where did he finish? Finished again? ninth last year. Yeah. Not, was... Yeah, he fell out the places. It was it was just uh, horrific. And I, I did obviously have interest in him. He, he's very he's local. Um, he I think he has a great amateur record on um, at the PGA National as well. Let alone how well he's played in the two events he's played here. Um, but I just couldn't I couldn't go back there, especially when the price come in from fifty five to forty. I was like, oof, no. And, and I now, just and now 33. Last year. Like he, now 33. So this, I kind of backed him at Sony Open based on the fact that he was returning there for the first time as a PGA Tour winner and it was a course he liked before that. And you can apply all that same logic to this and I would agree. But I think he was like 66, 70 to 1 for the Sony, maybe. He certainly wasn't 30s or 33s. Um, no. I know he's obviously just finished ninth in Riviera, so you have to take that into account. But um, yeah, I just thought he was short enough. I think it's, it's just one of those stick a shock a little bit, and you've got to kind of ignore it slightly because it's in the Honda Classic field. But um, I couldn't yeah. get there. Me neither. Now that's going to sound a bit weird when I go on to my next one, who was 45 to one when I was writing this all up. He's now 33 to one. Jonathan Vegas is playing mm-hmm. some really good golf right now. He's actually leading the field. Uh, in tee to green over the past um, 15 weeks. And he's second over the past eight weeks. He's been 13th, 10th and 17th his last three starts in tee to green. That is mainly because of how he's driving the golf ball. I think it's been like fourth, fifth and ninth in, off the tee. But last week, fifth in driving distance, 27th in accuracy and 19th in greens in regulation. Yep. He's just been playing really well since he came back from injury. And I'm kind of a bit bullish on his return actually like he was 25th uh, at the Farmers Insurance which is you know a big event I don't think he necessarily has the greatest of records there in the past 23rd mm-hmm. at the Phoenix Open where he was 9th at the halfway 11th after 54 holes 
and then he finished 56th last week, but he he opened up with a 67 to fit, uh, to sit seventh, and then he was 20th. Signs there, isn't there? Yeah, like he just looks to be playing much better golf, and you then factor in his course form where he's got a fourth, a twelfth, a sixteenth. His last, he's, he made basically ten of eleven cuts here. So That's even when he even when he doesn't finish very well, he's generally either had one good round or started well and flamed out or whatever it is that he's done. So for me, uh, Johnny Vegas, just solid around his golf course, solid in mm-hmm. general. Uh, I think solid's probably the word to use in him and nothing really yeah, too much else. He's a pretty solid human being, isn't he? Yeah, he just seems like a, he just seems like a bit of a beast. and With a unit. Yeah, solid. Um, I liked Benny Ann. I liked Steven mm. Yeager. Thought they could no, both have been... Both could have been a bigger price. I liked Lee Hodges. Again, thought they could have been a slightly bigger price. The reason I like them is the reason that they're shorter price. Like they're just playing yeah. well consistently and, you know, the, the dip in field. So it's not a great surprise. But <laughs> interestingly, the player you're going to put up is someone I generally pick on a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I was tempted by Aaron Rye this week. Mm. Oh, he's made three consecutive cuts. Uh, so I feel like he is trended in the right direction. Uh, he finished tied 29th last week at Genesis. Uh, just about got through the cut line, then went on to play the weekend excellently. Um, shot 69 and 68. Similar to Cuccio, hit the ball seriously well, tee to green, ranking 14th in approach, 22nd off the tee, 18th around the greens, and 11th tee to green. Uh, again, struggled with a flat stick. Uh, I've said this before, I'm not convinced um, with Ryan Bermuda grass greens, but I do think in general he's just been struggling with his putter. Um, but looking back at the Houston Open, where they use similar um, where they have similar greens, he finished tied seventh. Um, he ranked 12th shots game putting and secured a top 10. So that sort of does give me some encouragement that he can sort of spike and he could do that again. Um, he's played at PGA National once before, open with a round of 67. That was the only highlight. He did get progressively worse as the event went on. He finished 66th. Um, I like that he's experienced. Because as we said earlier, I do think a bit of experience here on the course can go a long way. And that 67 does offer a bit of encouragement that he does take a liking to it. Um, But yeah, it's tough. Like this course is tough. Um, And I do think Rye is good in tough conditions. I like him on a tough course. Uh, it's exposed and windy, um, as I said earlier. Like we've seen, like link specialists show up here. You know, like Lowry, Harrington, Scott, Garcia, um, and Ryan does have links form in abundance. And I know I'm saying it isn't a links course. I know that, but you know it is. I you think do it, get them I think show it, up. I think it is. Though. Like I know it's. I know it's not in the sense that you haven't got these weird like undulation fairways. Yeah. Yeah, and you haven't got this weird landscape where. It's all a horrible yellow color. I think it does weapon. play a little bit like that one. But I it's mean, it's yeah. the same type of shots you need. There's the same kind of hazards in the terms of the bunkers are tricky and the there's water dotted about. Um, I I think it's it's not a true angle, angle, is it? Yeah, no, fine. of course not. But I, I don't mind the angle at all. And given the people that have sort of shown up on leaderboards, it does sort of well, give you that impression. Patrick Harrington won at like four hundred to one, didn't he? So yeah, exactly. And obviously, Rye has that. He has a win, um, third, ninth for Scottish Opens, second at the Irish Open. So yeah, I do think it could be a good course for him. Um, so yeah, happy to chance Rye. I do really like Aaron Rye as well. But yeah. he's a bit like a, a Fitzpatrick, but like in the sense that he's just so hardworking and dedicated to his craft. You know, I do think it's going to pay off for him in the end. 
I think he's a Fitzpatrick without the upside of what do I think he could be best? Top thirty at a very best, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and he'd be really happy with that, like go and get in all the majors every year, and that, that like he could do that just from pure so. like hard work. But yeah, like definitely the, the idea of Fitzpatrick in the sense of happy to grind it out, and uh, you know Fitzpatrick yeah. never really had a standout attribute when he was younger. I don't think like he had a good short game. Um, yeah. It's only like recently where he's sort of flushed tee to green that things have really changed for him. Um, I never feel like I'm going to get that from Aaron Rye, but you never know. I've, I've, I've made worse predictions. So, <laughs> um, Jason's gone with Danny Willett in this range, talking to major winners and kind of links form. He fits into both of those. There's 70 yeah, like to one, 66 to one about him. Uh, I've gone with SH Kim. And one of the reasons being, like, we, we had a conversation, I think, about SH Kim at the start of the season, maybe around the Sony time. I can't yeah. remember exactly what it was. We was we were kind of. I think you were asking me what he was. Oh, we were saying like I'm trying to, like what was he particularly good at, and sort of trying to get a better idea of SH Kim. Yeah, know? we were looking at his kind of performances, weren't we, and where he'd played well. Was it SH Kim? It might have been SH Kim. It might be someone else. But anyway, like it made me think about that conversation, and when I looked at like who he's beaten or who he's appeared around with, and one of the ones that kind of stuck out to me is he had one start in florida last year and it was on that leecom coast classic and that was the event we kept referencing yes. and he finished second behind benny ann in that event and benny ann loves it at this golf course uh benny mm-hmm. ann absolutely adores pj national from from a perspective of he doesn't really he doesn't really have consistent course form anywhere benny ann now but fifth versus hit from fourth here in his first three starts so he's got his second to him there I think he's generally speaking had a better sort of rookie season than he's maybe getting credit for. Um, Just been really, really solid across the board. Just trying to bring up his um, finishes on the screen here. But like, he's just been. He's just been so good. He's made his last three cuts, didn't he? Yeah. Um, But like, I'm just thinking back to the start of the year. Like, he was good in. Um, Shriners, he was fourth, 12th at the Sony, 13th at the Sanderson, 20th at the Tory Pines. And 20th at the Tory Pines is kind of what stood out to me because I looked at, I basically looked at Sony, like who played well at Sony, looked at this event, and that's how he popped up. Then I looked at the fact that he finished 20th at Tory Pines, and it was like, well, that's not only have you got the short course appearance, but you've also got the long, tough course of Tory Pines, which suggests that he can deal with the tougher test. Then you've yeah. just got all those kind of decent performances to kick off his his uh, rookie season. I just thought I was quite impressed with it. And he's won in Korea. He's won in Japan. Uh, there's already been two South Korean golfers that have won here already uh, in Wai Yang and, and Sung Jae since the golf course took over in 2007. So to me, SH Kim at 70 to 1. I think there is an 80 to 1 about him if you want to go with a bit of a rogue sports book. But um, 70 to 1 about SH Kim I thought was pretty good. I think so, yeah. Don't mind that at all. It's one of those weeks, I just don't, like, people can probably hear me kind of, like, going around in circles a bit. It's because I can't, I can't get too excited about anyone. I think it's one of those ones where... These are really tough week. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be too confident on anyone, really. No, I'm I'm, I'm not struggling. Like, if, if, it, if I was really struggling with it, I wouldn't just make picks for the sake of it, right? No. Like, no one should think that. But by the same token, it's, it's trying it's... to... You're saying it out loud and you're like, 
uh, is it right? Well, like sometimes you're like you, you feel like so overconfident on a pick, don't you? Yeah. And then now it's sort of like you, you you like someone, but you like them enough to bet them, but then at the same time you can't get too excited or confident because you just feel like it's, it could go any way. This event, you know, yeah, with both just, events, it's just that event. Like DP World Tour released had results like recently, whereas like PJ, I'm struggling a little bit, and that's probably just making me second guess things. But even around this price range, like. A, Robbie Shelton I liked. Um, Love Robbie Shelton, yeah. I thought Podrick Harrison would have been great, but just a bit short. Um, people were talking about Matt Wallace a couple of weeks ago, and he's he's back here playing an event that should suit him. So there was loads. Pearson Cooley, I'm interested to see what he's done. Because like, yeah. this is his first start on the PJ Tour, I it think. Is. Yeah, um, and mm. when you look at his career trajectory, it's really, it's like, it's really like strange. That's unbelievable. He's had like a, a, two wins, a tenth, and a fourth or something, and it's just like <laughs> miscut every other week. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested just to see what he does, just from purely well, he like, could be like, a, like a gotter up, you know, just yeah. show up and just uh, he could just top ten and <laughs> get into next week or something. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's definitely capable of doing that. And then the one final pick that we both like. Um, I think it's fair to say. Sam Stevens. Sam Stevens. This is a person that you've obviously been following for a decent amount of time because of the, the yeah. mini tour stuff. Um, and I sort of asked you, like, because when you see hear about these kind of mini tour legends, if you like, a lot of them do it in Florida, don't they? And you think, oh, has yeah. he done that here? And he hadn't. But all his stuff came in like, mm. it was all southern states, wasn't it? So it was like, yeah, because he was on the, the all pro tour. Yeah. Um, that's in, that's based sort of Texas, Oklahoma. Kansas, I think there's a couple of events in Kansas, Arkansas, yeah. and stuff like that. So it's yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's southern states, so I don't, I don't, I think there's a funny thing with Floridians that some of them don't consider themselves southerners, and some do. I think it depends where you are in like the country, in the in the state, basically. But either way, that the the temperature, the conditions, the golf courses, I imagine share similarities, right? Then. Yeah. You come into the fact that he Monday qualified for this event last year and he was twelfth at the halfway stage. Then you just mm-hmm. look at his current form and like he had a really rough start to the season. He I did. think it's, yeah. it's fair to say. It was really tough when I was trying to sort of make an argument for him as one of my players to watch this year when we had Ben on and I was like, Well, he hasn't missed every cut so far. Um, yeah. but I am adamant that this guy's gonna come good. <laughs> well, like, but then you've only got to look at what's happened recently. So he was he was sixty seventh for the Amex, but he was actually thirty sixth going into the final round, just had a poor day. Uh he was thirteenth at Tory Pines, he was ninth going into the final round. He was actually fourth at the halfway stage at Tory Pines. Yeah. He was 34th at Pebble Beach. To me, when you look at it now, so you, you can't just forget about the start of the season, but now he's gone 57th, miscut, miscut, 67th, 13th, 34th. Obviously, he hasn't got into the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think he's showing all the signs. And he, whereas I said earlier about Denny McCarthy, there being a drop in class, I don't think necessarily changes his results. For someone like Sam Stevens, he's not going to necessarily be able to win events that. John Rahm and Rory McIlroy and people like that are in, but start going up against Shane Larry and Sanjim as the best two players. No disrespect to them, I think they're, they're outstanding players, but like they, mm-hmm. one of them could potentially miss the cut. That is a yeah. possibility. So you take one of the best players out. The next best players, like you've got three players in the side of the top twenty. I think they're all like seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, and then it drops down to like fortieth in the in the world. And really and truly, that's probably like true rankings, like 60, 70th best player in the world. Like, to me, th- there's definitely an argument that this is 
it's not corn fairy staff it's better than that but like it's better yeah it's still it's, it's comfortable it's, it's, gettable. it's one of them that you would target if you've if you've graduated from the corn fairy tour you'd be licking your lips this week as a great opportunity to sort of you know make an impression you know get finished even if you don't win it finish in the top three you know sort yeah. of build, build i think it, i think it's one of those ones where like you do go up from the corn fairy to this event and you think oh you target and then you realize just how deep the talent level is here because oh, yeah. you you get the people that finish 37th every week that no one particularly notices that you have a hard time beating on the day sort of thing yeah. Do you know what i mean like and a... exactly yeah and also not being funny this is not the type of course you show up at and you sort of uh you sort of it, you take a liking to it straight away you know it's going to yeah. beat you up a little bit so it helps to have some experience. So it's really tough for someone to come off the cornbread tour if you haven't played this before. Yeah. Like some of the Floridans, uh, Florida um, residents, so like Eric Carl um, and sort of like Eric Barnes, who I also I really like Eric Barnes. He's he's the West Florida golf tour legend. He started to play a lot better. Uh, likes tough conditions. So he's one that I haven't backed, but I I was very close to uh, possibly as a top twenty. But yeah, same sort of uh, category as Stevens. They're just they're eager they'll be targeting these events to sort of make an impression i just think with stevens he just strikes me as like his personality is such oh, a winner yeah, and is. i looked at lots so of like john peterson that i follow and other podcasts and stuff they were talking about i think um monday q had uh he was doing a tweet about sam stevens and john peterson basically said that he just got shafted at college for whatever reason i don't know what it was that he was basically alluding to, but it sounds like he got a bit of a rough deal, uh, maybe not getting on teams or whatever, or maybe straight out of college he, he got shouldn't should have got more invites or whatever it was. But when you hear about people talk about Sam Stevens, it sounds like he's made the best of the opportunities he's got, but not got the opportunities yeah. he should have done, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's won on the on the Latin America tour, so yeah, I think it's fine. Um, I liked him, and then there was one other that I wanted to talk about. And it was Brent Grant, who I flagged at Pebble. And -hmm. I think we sort of said, isn't he just better where he can bomb it? And the consensus was, yes, that might be best. Possibly. It's It's tough to really... It is. And then you you see he finished 25th at Torrey Pines. He was, you know, fourth at the halfway stage. And he was 20th at Pebble Beach. He was fifth going into the final round. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like, don't win. Like, I had him in a couple of, like, DraftKings lineups, but I had no bet on him. Um, luckily, I don't think he ever really was in, like, contention to, to really do it. But he's from Jacksonville. Like, he's, he's yeah. from Florida. So I am interested to see what he does. I think he's I think mm-hmm. he's the type that is a, probably a little bit too volatile to win this sort of event. But yeah, I think that things definitely think... open up down here. Definitely. Two names right next to each other there that I like. Uh, as you say, Grant and Norman. Yeah. Another massive hit. They're both very like for like. But great ball strikers. And they got Florida ties. I think Norman went to um, college in Florida. So, yeah. yeah, both of them, I'm interested to see what they do this week. Yeah, I think I think what it, what this is, is I think it's an up like, it's a, this event always struggles with fields anyway. And then it's got weaker because of what's happened. So, mm-hmm. It's, it's a real opportunity for people. I mean, like, just in this range, like, Smotherman needs to get back on track. You've got Augusto Nunez has been making cuts but not really doing anything. You've yeah. Harrison Endicott, Jason's flagged a couple of times. Like, there's definitely some players around here that could really yeah. kickstart their season. You've got the, the Monday Q boys to come in as well, have, which yeah, is a great field. Uh, so. The one player, and I'll, I'll, before we kind of wrap it up, that really confused me 
He's been playing well, or I say well, well for him uh, in mm. recent years, okay? And then I thought, hang on a minute, why has he been playing the past few weeks? How is Kevin Tway getting into the elevated events? I don't actually he, understand But that he finished 32nd in Phoenix and then 40th at the Genesis last week. Um, he was 18th at Tory, which I Didn't... think is something he's played okay before. He was 27th at the 54-hole stage at the Amex and finished 54th. He's made five of his last six cuts. Mm, six of his well. last eight. So he looks, he looks a big price, all things considered. Actually, he does. Sport. And then you look at the fact that he's played here five times or four no, times. Missed, missed oh, every, right. He's missed every cut. But yeah. I don't get why he was playing. That was more my point. Like, why, why has he been yeah. here? Um, how has he got into these elevated events? I don't understand that either. No, I don't but, know. Where we go? Um, also, did you hear that um, he hit uh, Jaeger's ball? He played his ball, and I think he... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was coming down the, the stretch at Genesis Invitational. Yeah, I think they... I heard that somewhere. And, uh, yeah, it was all... It was... The shot tracker was having a nightmare. And, oh, uh, yeah, love it. Looked like a right mess. Maybe, maybe that's why he's getting good results. He's just nicking other people's lives. <laughs> yeah, possibly. The, the, extreme, out. the extreme Patrick Reed. Um... <laughs> Anyway, before we get a, a lawsuit thrown at us, let's probably summarise our picks. <laughs> so, if we go into the Hero Indian Open, I've gone with Jung Hong Wang at 22 to 1. I've gone with Pablo Larafabal at 33 to 1. Um, I have gone with Alexander Kanapa at 60 to 1. And Thomas Aiken at 125 to 1. Nice. Your Bye. picks for India? For India, I've gone uh, Corhonan, 33 to 1. Uh, Labrook's best price. I've gone David Horsey, 150 to 1. I think Unibet is the best price, six places. And then I've gone for Bula, 150 to 1. Labrook's seven places. Yep. And then in India for Jason, he's gone with Olison, win only, uh, 11 to 1. Pablo Larraf, about 33 to 1. Shabanka Sharma, best price now, 12. 28 to 1. There is some 33 to 1 about him still. Uh, Jeff Winters down there at 50 to 1. And Jung Woon Ko at 80 to 1. Best price. Going into the PGA. Um, I just, I don't, I really don't feel confident about this week at all. So if anyone was going to take a week off like betting our selections, this might be it. But um, Jonathan Vegas for me at 35 to 1. I'm mildly confident in him. Like I do I do think he's impressing. Um SH Kim, he's now 70 to 1 best price. Um and then Sam Stevens. I, I really like Sam Stevens. I like the pedigree mm-hmm. of him. Um and I think there's there's more to come from him. He was 125 to 1. So your picks for Honda, please. I have gone Kucha at 22 to 1. William Hill and Skybet and Paddy Power. I've all got that price, eight places. I've gone Aaron Rye, 55 to 1. Boyle Sports, eight places. And I've gone Sam Steezer with yourself, uh, 125 to 1. Um, Skybet and Bet365. Yep. And then Jason's gone with uh, a winner in the on Shane Lowry, Alexander Norren. Um, is obviously 25 to 1. Shane Harris is 14 to 1. Um, Adam Svensson is now 35 to 1. Don't go below 30 to 1. That's what Jason has said. Danny Willett, uh, 70 to 1 best price. So there's some interesting ones in there, Brad. Like, I think it's one of those weeks that like you can get to the end of it and you're like, oh, I was really happy with 
the process of that pitch. Yeah. You know I mean, like I'm, I'd be really the pleased. Process is good. Whether it gets rewarded is a different story. But I do quite like the angle taken. Yeah. Got some good selections there. I think you have to have an angle with these events. Like I think you, like whether it's you're going with the experienced pros that. Um, you know, have dealt with these kind of conditions before, whether you're going with the up-and-coming talents that are taking advantage of a weaker field, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you think you've got to do. Um, I've gone with the, the kind of wily brick shit house that is Johnny Vegas that, I, you know, I just like the fact that he's he's playing so well again. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good week. We've got a good couple of weeks coming up after this as well, so there's always going to be a bit yep. of a blip uh, in the schedule. I think it's, is it Bay Hill and players the next two weeks? It is, um, yeah, Florida Swing. So, yeah, I, th- I thought I could... I thought I could take uh, my 30th birthday off, but it had to be the Players' Championship that week. So um, not not a bad week to do it. But um, yeah, I think that's everything, Brad. I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. And uh, hopefully another winner in the cards. Yes, here's hoping, mate.